0: So, after worship this afternoon, I'm flying to New York City to participate in the installation service of a good friend of mine at North Shore Community PCA Church on Long Island um, in Oyster Bay. And this was the first church planted by Redeemer uh, New York City uh, many years ago. And it got me thinking about Redeemer um, and quite... Interesting as we mourn the loss of Mike today, Mike and Barb came to us from Redeemer Presbyterian in New York City. Many of you know that this past summer, Tim Keller, the longtime pastor of that church passed away. When he was sent to New York in 1989 by our denomination to plant Redeemer, most people thought he was crazy. He was a seminary professor whose only pastoral experience was in a small town, blue-collar church in rural Virginia. He had no flash, no charisma. As one person said, he bought his jeans at Costco. (laughs) On top of that, New York City was thought to be a hopeless place for a Bible-believing church to flourish Plus, the city was overrun with crime and drugs. People were leaving the city as fast as they could. He and Kathy, his wife, weren't all that confident that this would work out. But the church gradually grew, even as many were incredulous when he explained that the beliefs of the new church would be the orthodox historic tenets of Christianity, the infallibility of the Bible, the deity of Christ, the necessity of spiritual regeneration or the new birth, all doctrines considered hopelessly outdated by the majority of New Yorkers. Several news outlets upon his death likened Keller to a modern-day prophet, telling New Yorkers and all who would listen that they were more wicked than they ever dared believe. They were a thoroughly and deeply sinful people. but. In Christ Jesus, they were more loved and accepted than they could ever dare hope. Hope rose in an unexpected place from an unexpected messenger. This morning we come to our text in need of hope. Moses, the great prophet and leader of Israel, was nearing the end of his life. How would the people carry on without him? How would they know what they needed to hear from God? Who would be their mediator between them and their God? Let's read Deuteronomy 18:15. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you. From among your brothers it is to him you shall listen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, your word made flesh in Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we come to this text today, Lord, I pray that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear. Lord, that our hearts might be comforted. Lord, that we might be reminded once again of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We pray this in his precious name, amen. So last week was the first Sunday of Advent. We began, began our series titled, Hope Rises from Unexpected Places. Our first text was Genesis 3.15, and Genesis 3, as you'll remember, is where we see our first parents, Adam and Eve, sin against God and cause all of humanity and creation to to experience the effects of sin, what is known as the fall. But even in the midst of what is complete and total misery, when everything looks bleak, it is so bad that the serpent and Eve and Adam and even the earth is being cursed because of the sin that was committed. God gave a promise. A promise of hope. We saw that because the promise is Jesus, hope has been revealed. And we looked at how we know that promise was Jesus and how that promise gives us hope today. This morning, we are jumping ahead in redemptive history to the life and ministry of Moses. Moses was the great leader of Israel, the man that God had protected as a baby grew up in the palace of Pharaoh, fled into the wilderness for 40 years because of fear after taking the life of another Egyptian and who God called out of a burning bush to lead his people out of slavery in Egypt. Moses has led Israel for 40 years in the wilderness and as they prepare to enter the promised land, Moses is reminding them and instructing them on whose people they are and how their God will be with them and the life that he has called them to live. But what will they do without Moses? Who would mediate between them and God? Who would speak to them on behalf of God? The Israelites, you'll remember, had heard from God directly on Mount Sinai. We might forget that, that the people of Israel heard and saw the awesome power of God in their midst directly. They had direct access to hear from, to see the mighty power of God, and when they did, they couldn't stand it. They couldn't stand the strain of the awesome experience of exposing themselves to God's direct revelation. They were afraid that they would die And so they told Moses that he must mediate on their behalf. And God agreed. And just like the people of Israel needed a mediator, one who could be in the presence of God and speak the very words of God, we see in our text that we too need a mediator. Now, we don't often think of our need for a mediator, one to stand before God, the Father, on our behalf, someone to plead his merit on our behalf, but we do. Scripture is clear that we need a mediator. There is only one mediator between God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. And we see our main point in our text is that our hope is found in Jesus who is the true and better mediator. The true and better mediator who speaks to his people and who speaks to God. First, who speaks to his people. We see here in our text that Moses promised that God will raise up a prophet like me. This prophetic promise has both a short-term and long-term fulfillment. In the short term, God is establishing the reality that he will send his people prophets like Moses to continue to speak to his people on his behalf. They will continue to know God's revelation through the voice of the prophets to come. The prophet who is called by God from among the people of Israel would receive and speak only the things committed to them by the Lord. We see that further down in verse 18. Since their word was the very word of God, anyone who disobeyed their word would have disobeyed the word of the Lord and accordingly would be made accountable, verse 19. But notice that this prophet is going to be appointed, not because of birth to a certain family. You remember that uh, the priests and, uh, and the Levitical line came from certain families, certain tribes, But prophets would not come from a certain family. They wouldn't be elected or appointed by the people to this task. No, God would raise up prophets for his service by directly calling them. This prophet is to be like Moses. And the gospel writers inspired by the Holy Spirit give us a clear picture of one like Moses in the person of Jesus Christ. We read... Earlier from the book of Acts, this understanding that Jesus was the prophet that Moses had foretold. The apostles, as they are uh, the, the uh, uh, gospel writers, as they write the gospels inspired by the Holy Spirit, give us a clear picture of one like Moses in the person of Jesus Christ. His early life follows the storyline in many ways of the Israelites and Moses. Not only is he like Moses in the fact that he was rescued from a decree to kill all newborn boys but he left his father's throne to be among his people. He led them out of slavery to Satan, sin, and death as Moses led the people out of slavery in Egypt, and he brings us home to the promised land of his father's kingdom. You see, the the gospel writers and being inspired by the Holy Spirit understood, as we read in Acts, that this Jesus was the one that Moses had prophesied about. The New Testament writers make this connection for us so that we know that this is the prophet of all prophets or the prophet par excellence, the one who we must listen to, the one who speaks to us the very word of God and calls us to repentance and new life. This Jesus is the one truer and better Moses who we are to listen to the one who speaks to us the very word of God and calls us to repentance and new life. And as important as it is the one who speaks to us the word of God, as important as that is, as important as it is to have Jesus as the final prophetic voice of God, we also need someone who will speak to God for us. You see, Moses and Joshua, Moses and then Joshua after him served as a unique kind of prophet. Not only did Moses speak the word of God to the people, but he also functioned as what's known as the covenant mediator. He stood between God and his people. He advocated for the people of Israel even when they didn't deserve it, which was all the time. When they turned away from God, what did Moses do? He pleaded before God on their behalf, pleaded that God would not leave them. He pleaded not on his righteousness, not on the righteousness of the people of Israel, but he pleaded on the righteousness of God himself. And while Moses had this intimate relationship with God, able to be in his presence, able to plead on behalf of his people, even Moses was limited in his ability to mediate on behalf of the people before God. Remember, God had to hide Moses in the cleft of a rock when he passed by so that his glory would not destroy Moses. As Moses fulfilled the office of prophet as a, Mediator between God and his people. We need a mediator who will not fail, who will not die, who is mediating between God and his people every minute of every day. And here we see Jesus Christ, the prophet like Moses, yet greater than Moses and all the prophets combined, the true and final mediator between God and and man is Christ Jesus. As the Westminster Confession of Faith states in question 36, who is the mediator of the covenant of grace? The answer, the only mediator of the covenant of grace is the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, this is where our hope truly lies. As much as we need to know the word of God given to us by the prophets, as much as we need to know the word of God, Communicated to us by the prophets, by Christ Himself, by the apostles. Think about this. We are not the only world religion that claims to have some great prophet or prophets that give a revelation about God. That is not unique. It is not unique to have someone speak on behalf of God. We know they are all wrong. But it is not unique to have someone speak on behalf of God. What no other religion claims is that our prophet, our mediator, speaks to God on our behalf, stands in the place in the space between, and pleads the merit of his blood. Only Christianity says, not only has God's word been given to us by the prophets and now by the Son of God himself, only Christianity says that we even more need a mediator. Someone who pleads before the throne of heaven on our behalf. Someone who pleads by his own merit. By the merit of his blood. This morning, as we grieve the loss of our dear friend and brother Mike Moreland, this is the hope that he had in a mediator. Who pled before the throne of grace on his behalf? This is the hope that he had, and the hope that we have as we mourn. We too, as we mourn, have this same hope that Jesus came, lived, died, rose again, and is coming again, and in the meantime, as he awaits to come again to make all things new, he is renewing us by the Spirit as he intercedes on our behalf. As the mediator of the covenant of grace, pleading before his heavenly Father, this is, my, this is your son, this is your daughter, in whom you are well pleased He is interceding on our behalf, pleading by the merit of his blood. I'll conclude with what Matthew Henry says about this verse. He says, Jesus is the light of the world, John 8, 12. He is the word by whom God speaks to us, John 1.1. In his birth, he came from among his people. In his resurrection, he confirmed the truth of his word, and now his word goes forth to all the world. This prophet has come, and we are to look for no other. He speaks with fatherly affection and divine authority. Whoever refuses to listen to Jesus Christ shall find it at his peril. Woe, then, to those who refuse to listen to His voice, to accept His salvation, to yield in obedience to His Word. But filled with hope are those who trust in Him and obey Him. He will lead us in the paths of safety and peace until He comes again and brings His Word to perfect fulfillment in a land of perfect light, purity, and happiness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Your word made flesh in Jesus Christ. The true and better Moses, the one who mediates on our behalf, who speaks the merit of his blood before the throne of grace. Lord God, remind us anew of the hope of Jesus The hope of his mediatorial work on our behalf. The hope that even now, he stands before you interceding for us. Awaiting his return to set all things to right.